Using gerrymandering, voter suppression, and other nefarious tactics, the Republican Party has manipulated our electoral system to maintain as much control as possible despite being a party in the minority. Liberal Dan Radio seeks to change that, and I need your help in doing so. Liberal Dan Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big money donors. When you go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution, it will encourage other voters to reach out to their legislators to pass legislation to stop gerrymandering and voter suppression and target elected officials who refuse to protect the vote. Every eligible voter should be able to cast a ballot, and that ballot should have the same power as everyone else. I can't do this alone. I need your help. So please go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution today. That's stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Political advertising paid for by Levelfield. Contributions are not tax deductible as charitable contributions. Next week's show is going to be on Thursday instead of Wednesday. Liberal Den Radio is going to be on Thursday, the 28th, instead of April 27th. Uh, regular same time, 8 p.m. Central, same blog talk, radio.com slash Liberal Dan or Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube. Uh, but I have a concert to go to next Wednesday. I've been waiting to go for that, to that concert since May of 2020. So I'm very happy that it's finally getting around to the point where I'm going to get to see it. And so... We are doing the show on a Thursday. Furthermore, next Thursday show, we have coming back on the program, Hal Sparks. So that should be another excellent show. Look forward to it. Should have some good times talking about uh, several of the silliness of the silliness of the month. Uh, just reviewing the silliness of April. Probably going to be talking about things like, you know, tanning your balls and other ridiculousness coming from Fox News and you know, things like you know, inflation or, or can we ever be safe in a pandemic again? Uh, we'll be, well, some of that we'll, we'll discuss uh, this episode as well, but it'll be good to hear uh, Hal's uh, thoughts on it. If you want to go see uh, more of Hal Sparks, just go to infotainmentwars.com and, and that's where he posts his stuff and like, sends you to his YouTube channel. So got a bunch of different stuff that I want to talk about today. We've got several stories out of Florida. Um, so we got, we got the one, and I guess we're just going to start off the show with uh, Hypocrite of the Week. So let's, let's hit that, and then we'll talk about what's going on with that. This week's Hypocrite of the Week is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who once pushed a Keep Florida Free initiative to prevent businesses from government overreach. Now he wants to remove Disney World's self-governing privileges, which might cause Orange and Osceola counties to absorb $1 billion in debt and pay for services Disney used to cover itself. Ah, the laws of unintended consequences. 
Of course, the Republican Party doesn't understand what consequences are. To see who next week's Hypocrite of the Week will be, tune in to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left and Right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. So, what's going on with this? Of course, Disney has been very outspoken about what has been deemed the Don't Say Gay Bill, you know, because apparently uh, discussing that somebody might have two mommies or two daddies is going to be harmful, but you can talk about heterosexual relationships all you want, you know, but, you know, if, if they can see, you know, two heterosexual people kissing on TV, it's okay for them to see two homosexual people kissing on TV as well. It's just, you know, wait, my mouse is acting up on me. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Anyway, so for the last 55 years, Disney World has held um, self-governing privileges uh, in Florida. Disney covers two counties, uh, Osceola and Orange, if I'm recalling correctly, as I said on my uh, Hypocrite of the Week. Um, And it has stopped political donations and it has condemned a a new state education law uh, pertaining to... uh, what people, again, what people have called don't say gay. So these the CEOs of companies opposed to Florida's don't say gay bill. Bob Chapek's remarks followed criticism that the company uh, had not spoken out against the legislation. Um, of course, this is on New York Times website, so I'm not going to be able to see much of it. So paywalls stink. Um, Florida legislature has already said to convene for a special ses- session on congressional redistricting, which, you know, if, if I'm sure is going to be completely fairly drawn, right? No, sure it won't be. Um, and Mr. DeSantis, a Republican, issued a, a proclamation. Uh, actually, this is also a New York Times article, so I don't know why I'm getting to see this one. Uh, issued a proclamation allowing the Republican-controlled body to also take up bills that would eliminate special task districts that were created before 1968. Florida has hundreds of such districts. Uh, almost all of them were set up after that date, with one of the exceptions being Disney World. It was put together in 67 and allows the mega resort, which employs 80,000 people, to function as its own municipal government. Uh, if you've been to Disney World, you've seen the Reedy Creek Fire Department. Uh, it's the Reedy Creek Improvement District is what it's called. Uh, and it gives the company considerable control over planning and permitting process for construction on its 25,000-acre property, including road building. Reedy Creek also levies taxes on Disney uh, to pay for the resort's own fire and medical response battalions, among other services. Disney World even generates some of its own electricity through Reedy Creek. Um, Elimination of Reedy Creek would require two counties that contain Disney World to step in and provide those services, which would lead to increased taxes for residents. Uh, Disney could reapply to establish the district if it is eliminated. Um, so Mr. Zane has called Disney at woke as a, I guess, a pejorative, uh, sending fundraising emails to supporters saying uh, it has lost the moral authority to tell you what to do. A couple of Florida legislatures then began threatening to revoke Disney's World, Disney World's tax district. So not only would you have, would you have, uh, the situation where these counties would now be on the hook to pick up the costs of providing electricity and water to Disney World. Uh, you also would have apparently uh, there's a billion dollar debt uh, in, in the form of a thing of bonds uh, that Disney holds that if that Disney was allowed to uh, have, why? Because it's its own 
municipality. So because it's its own municipality, Disney gets to, uh, I guess Disney got to raise funds with the bonds, with bond initiatives, I guess they could issue a bond. But if Disney loses that authority to do so, uh, apparently, at least according to the Hill, they will lose the ability to, I guess, the, I guess the bond would, tr- and the debts from the bond would transfer over to to the counties instead, which would be saddling these counties with additional debt uh, that you know probably wouldn't want to have that these counties probably didn't ask to have and are probably dreading if it happens. Um, so. If it's done, again, the firm will no longer be able to operate as a self-contained government. Um, and let's see. I thought somebody messaged me. It was just a stream warning. Oh, well. Uh, so that connection's good, not great. Oh, well. Um, so the, the Republican-led Senate decided to end the Reedy Creek Improvement District. It's passed 23 to 16. It'll go to the House before it's passed on to the governor, with it coming into effect June 1st, 2023. Um it could also see, uh, again, two, see two Florida counties saddled with a billion dollars of debt currently owed by Walt Disney World. Uh, Orange and Arceola counties may end up shouldering a huge sum amid the toxic fallout between DeSantis and the firm over the parental rights and education bill. Uh, so that won't be good for those two counties at all. And it doesn't seem to be a very smart idea on DeSantis' part. But again, you know, the consequences of one actions are not what conservatives tend to worry about. They're more of a shoot first, ask questions, never type party, especially the elected officials in that party. So there's that. Uh, what, what else do we want to talk about before the first break? Um, over the past couple of weeks, we've discussed my, uh, my issues and problems with this uh, caller uh, t- who's from Ohio, but he uh, calls into the local uh, talk show because that local talk show does get syndicated across the country, was being shown on uh, Real American Voice Network, at least for a little bit. I don't know if that's still the case. Uh, however, uh, I think Jeff is fighting and trying to get himself back on the air for the first hour because I guess some of the people who listen would watch him on the show uh, would then lose him and because they don't have internet, whatever. Uh, that they, they can't they can't listen to the show online for afterwards. So as we've you know we've been kind of snipping at each other back and forth. So I'd be remiss if I didn't. Well, the the premise on this phone call that I made to them, and I'll play my phone call first, uh, was simply the fact that on Jeff's show was Joshua Bernstein. Joshua Bernstein is a conservative Trump supporter way out there right-winger. He might even be more right-wing than Jeff. Uh, Bernstein uh, has been banned from many social media platforms. Uh, So when last week's episode, uh, when I discussed what um, that guy wanted to do, what Mr. Uh, Cash Money wanted to do, i.e. seize Facebook and then use it to have Millions of people vote. I mean, I guess, he, I guess he thinks 200 million people would vote to shut me up, which, I mean, if 200 people know who Liberal Dan is, I'd probably be having more than 100-something followers on subscribers on YouTube. But it's nice to think that, you know, it's funny to think that he might think that 200,000 people, 200 million people know who I am. 
And of course, every time he calls, he gets more and more and more unhinged. And that was the first reason for sharing it because it just, you just needed to see inside the mind of this unhinged individual. So I call him and you know, basically wanted to ask this ultra conservative person if he felt that I was right in labeling the seizure of his book by the state socialism, and uh, if he agreed with me that it was a it would be a bad idea for for the people to vote to shut me up. So here's my call in to Josh Bernstein on Jeff Correa's Ringside Politics Show. But the question I want to ask Josh is that another caller, Cash Money has stated on Jeff's show that government should seize Facebook from Mark Zuckerberg and then use that to allow voters to vote on things daily. And one of the things that he proposed voting on is if I should be shut up, um, would you call government seizing a private business socialism? And what, how do you feel about allowing the majority of people to vote about shutting anybody up? Okay, liberal Dan, you said if if you should be shut up, someone someone called in and said that you personally should not be able to speak. Someone said that after they seize Facebook, after government seized Facebook as part of his grand plan, that one of the things that the people should vote on is whether or not I should be shut up. And if a majority votes to shut me up, then I should then shut up. You know, no, I'm absolutely against anything like that. I I believe that you know, you know, bad speech. uh, is allowed because again I may not agree with you but I'll fight like hell for your right to say whatever you want to say as a victim of someone who has been censored by social media uh, I certainly don't want to see any situation where any company is being seized by the government because let's face it government is never going to run a private business better than a private business as bad as Facebook is I think that I would love to see Congress finally get the testicular uh, fortitude to pass and repeal the Communications Decency Act, or the Indecency Act, as I like to call it, and allow for litigation to take place Mm -hmm. against these companies that are censoring conservative voices. That's what I would love to see. And you would agree with me, though, that that government seizing Facebook, i.e. government seizing the means of production, would be an example of government socialism. Absolutely. I I would agree with you on that. Yeah, it's worse than that. It's communism. I, I mean, it's full yeah. control okay. of, of a private business. Right. We don't want that. Well, here, so I would definitely Dan, disagree. Josh Bernstein and Jeff Kaur agree that that socialism, <laughs> right. that would be bad, and that nobody <laughs> right. should be voting to shut anybody up. So all right. if, if we all agree thank, on that, I think yeah. we can agree that that's a good that, 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 yes. thing to happen. And thank you, Liberal Dan. And I think we all agree on, on the need for free speech, and I appreciate the call. Thank you, sir. So there we go. And, you know, there's some issues that I have with Bernstein and in general, and with what you know, he had to say on his I mean, Facebook and Twitter are private companies and should be able to determine what, the, what their policies are on their websites, and they should be able to determine what is the violation of the policy and whether or not you should be kicked off the site because you violated the policy. That's fine. Just like I can determine who gets to come on my show or not, or who gets to blog on my on my uh, on my blogs, or you know who 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 gets to talk on my Facebook page. It's all that. It's all that. You know, it, it should be, you know, we, we will disagree on, on the meaning of the First Amendment and, and that he believes that companies should be, they believe that companies should be required to let you talk. But I say no. But what we did agree on was the fact that 
A, government shouldn't be seizing Facebook just to use it as its own thing, and B, that then having them vote to shut me up would be also be a, a bad thing. Uh, so then, of course, as we would expect, unhinged cash money calls in yet again. I'll try to talk a little slower today because people in the audience just Listen, don't seem to be understanding what actually was said. More more I made a suggestion to confiscate a company. Basically, if you get caught for dealing kilos of cocaine in this company, they'll take your house, their boat, their car. They'll take your money. They take it all. They put you in jail. What we're mm-hmm. seeing in this country is treasonous, treasonous. And if you get charged with treasonous, trust me, we're going to take every possession you own. That's what I meant by the suggestion of maybe using Facebook. My ultimate grand solution, since you didn't want to hear it, let's hear it again. And tell me if you agree, Josh, we the people. What is the intention? Why were those three words first? And that's what my solution is. I don't care what kind of mechanism you come up with using. Hey, all I want to do is know what every American thinks at 9 a.m. every morning. Because we see the hustle. We see the writing on the wall. We watch the news. We know everybody who's dirty in this country. And if we get the opportunity to be questioned about everyone's attitude and and movements and deviations, well, then I think the hustle will stop. Because I believe, in my heart of hearts, 75% of this nation is moral. And that's the number we have to hit if you want to get any question done in America. You have to ask us all. Okay. And if 75% of us accidentally agree, boom, solution. And if you got any questions, don't ask me. Don't beat me up. Let's ask we the people tomorrow morning about whatever subject needs to come up. Okay. You need 75% agreement to get it done. Right. This is not a baseless solution. This is what was written 250 years ago. We the people. Yeah. Notice how he just conveniently ignored the fact that he said that he would use this, whatever site was used, that he would use it, and he would use it to shut me up. He, he conveniently forgot that. And but again, we're seeing the minds of the unhinged conservative as he gets all wild up. This is the type of person who gets taken advantage of. This is the type of person who Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani and anybody else who who may or may not have been involved on the January 6th insurrection, they get them all riled up and angry over these things, and and they can take advantage of them. And and that's the exact type of person that could be convinced, you know what, you're so angry about it, why don't you go storm the Capitol? Sir, yes, sir, I'm going to go ahead and storm the Capitol right now, sir, yes, sir, Uh, because they've been made to be so angry about everything that they need to then shed blood, which he said he didn't want to do on a previous call, but that he would. So, you know, what was that, Donald? It is what it is. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Anyway, so I'm sure there'll be more in the, from the mind or the barely functioning mind of cash money. I'd love to know where he got the name cash money from because, you know, he seems to be rather broke when it comes to the quality of his opinions. But, you know, should I allow him to come on the show and give him an invitation and let him use my platform as well? Because he needs to be heard. If he needs to be heard so bad, maybe I should give extend an invitation. 
can't find this information. Can't find anything about it. Cash money from Ohio anywhere now. If I search cash money, you typically will get uh, cash money uh, differently in, in, the, in the rap community. Uh, but you know, cash money records with no limit soldiers. You might get some Master P. Master P's theater. <laughs> but anyway, um, do I allow him to? Do I give him the the key? Uh, and, 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 and say, I mean, he could easily find it if he looked up Liberal Dan and looked up LiberalDan.com. He could easily just go and say, hey, LiberalDan.com. Oh, there's this podcast. Oh, he was talking about it. Here's the call-in number. Let me call in and, and talk to Liberal Dan. And he could do so. There's nothing preventing him from doing so. Now, of course, I could prevent him from talking. I could mute him if I felt he went as filibustering going over the top. But, you know, I do welcome conservatives, liberals. Everybody on all, from all areas of the spectrum to call in, although I did hang up on a Nazi one. Uh, so, uh, a drunk Nazi, that was fun. Anyway, let's go ahead and take the first commercial break. Uh, we will come back and take your calls as well. 914-803-4131. 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kind of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do, but BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. In a world gone mad, one progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the liberal band radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show, mmm, yeah. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel, you can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok, and you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. 
So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Demonox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2, where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat and find me on Twitter by the handle xdemonox. That's letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. Liberal Dan Radio Talk to the Left. That's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana, to join the conversation with area code 914-803-4131. This is 914-803-4131. Uh, before the break, we we're talking about Ron DeSantis, and there's a uh, hashtag going on, hashtag DeSantis destroys Florida. I've retweeted a couple of things over at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter. Uh, so there, there's that. Um, it's a uh, there's also, you know, hashtag legalize it because today is 420 national, the, the day known for being marijuana day or uh, so what some people might call national drug testing eve uh, because, you know, today might next tomorrow might be the day where a lot of random drug tests happen. So there you go. Uh, before we get to the discussion about the legalization of marijuana and, you know, some maybe some other uh, marijuana uh, cannibal, cannabinoid, cannabinoid type products. I do want to talk about uh, the other thing that happened in Florida, which is the striking down of the CDC's mandate to wear a mask on public transportation. Now, this is, you know, everybody cheered and woohooed uh, about it. Um, but, but first, let's, let's look at the person who struck it down first. U.S. District Judge Catherine Kimball Mizell. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that correctly, struck down the federal mask mandate. Uh, she wrote a 59-page ruling uh, that the CDC had exceeded its authority and failed to follow proper rulemaking procedures. Uh, that decision led U.S. airlines and other transportation hubs to promptly drop their mask mandates and has elicited mixed responses from travelers and concern from experts. So uh, Ms. Zell uh, was confirmed uh, in September of 2020 and then or nominated September of 2020 and confirmed by a 49 to 41 Senate vote later that year. So she couldn't even gather 50 votes or 51 votes uh, to get a majority, but I guess uh, it was maybe something that was rushed in. I don't know. Uh, she graduated law school in 2012, uh, worked in the Department of Justice and in private practice and serving as a law clerk for federal judges, as well as a law clerk for Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Uh, she's has she ever actually practiced law as a lawyer? Uh, this, this seems to, so she's more of an academic, it seems, adjunct professor of law, University of Florida Levin College of Law, her alma mater, belongs to the Conservative Federalist Society, which advocates for an originalist interpretation of the U.S. Constitution. And we've talked about that before. We've talked about how conservatives love talking about how we should be strict textualists, strict textualists uh, when it comes to interpretation of the Constitution, except for when they're not, except for when they're talking about the Constitution, uh, because when they're talking about the Constitution, uh, they often cite things like, you know, the, the Founding Fathers said in the Federalist Papers. Well, the Federalist Papers are not the Constitution, so therefore 
if you're if you're not if you're basing your interpretation of the Constitution based off of things other than the text of the Constitution, you're not a textualist, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Mazel said that it had not been in her position for long. The American Bar Association said that she was not qualified for the position. She had not been practicing law for long enough. ABA recommends nominees for federal judgeships, have at least 12 years of experience practicing law. Mazel was nominated for a current position only eight years after passing the bar. In a letter to the leaders of the Senate Judiciary Committee, the head of the ABA Standing Committee on Federal Judiciary said that the majority of his group had deemed Mazel did not meet the requisite minimum standard of experience necessary to perform the responsibilities required by a high office of a federal trial judge. Since her admission to the bar, um, Mazel had not tried a case, civil or criminal, as lead or co-counsel. She did have four federal clerkships and spent 10 months at a law firm approximately three years in government practice, which the ABA said equates to five years of trial court experience. ABA said her integrity and demeanor were not in question, uh, complimented her keen intellect, strong work ethic, and impressive resume. These attributes, however, simply do not compensate for the short time she has practiced law and her lack of meaningful trial experience. Uh, She did have the support of Republican lawmakers like Marco Rubio and Mike Lee, who said it is unusual. I see an individual who has been out of law school this period of time who has accumulated, quote, so much experience. So much apparently means not a lot. Uh, Civil rights groups opposed the nomination in part because they wanted to send its focus on COVID. Um, Both ABA statement about lack of qualifications also slammed the Senate for focusing on judicial nominations rather than responding to COVID-19. That's because Donald Trump wanted to make sure that he could pack the courts. Why? Because he needed the courts to be packed in order and filled with all of his supporters because he had a difficult election coming out. I'm sure his internal polling showed that it didn't look good for him, so he needed to stack, pack or stack the courts, uh, whatever word you want to use, with, uh, with people who would be loyal to him. So what did the ruling say? Actually, let's go to the textualism first. Uh, let's see. Judge textualist ruling on airline magnate sparks backlash. Um, let's see. 59-page decision. Catherine Kimball, Trump appointed ruled the measure went beyond the CDC's authority. Uh, true criticism uh, from multiple fronts. Same kind of thing from the Hill that was in the NPR. Uh, she strikes several reasons. She called to the agency for bypassing normal rule rule-breaking, rule-making procedures. She also concluded the CDC had not provided an adequate legal basis for its policy, which required masks for travel planes and trains and buses here. Let, let, let me give you the, the legal basis that the CDC would have to enact such a thing. It's called Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1. The Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, and excises, to pay the debts and provide for the common defense and general welfare, welfare of the United States. General Welfare Clause. Now, I will tell you that there are probably conservatives out there who would say that the General Welfare Clause has been one of the most abused ones. Uh, A lot of things have been justified under the, quote, General Welfare Clause, but most reasonable minds, I think, would be able to agree that uh, Congress should have the authority to make sure that people don't get sick during a pandemic, that preventing the spread of a pandemic is making sure that you're keeping with it and providing for the general welfare of the United States, right? I mean, I think I'm right there. General welfare and all. You, know, you don't want you know, if you're if you're sick, you're not you're generally not well. And we want to make sure that people let people get sick, despite the fact that Trump mismanaged the response to the pandemic. 
so what? So the judge believed that, you know, there's, there's no basis for, for, for the uh, CDC to make this rule. Well, I would say the basis is right there. Constitution grants Congress the authority for the provide for the general welfare. In doing so, Congress created the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, to do what? Control diseases. Why would they want to be there to control diseases? To provide for the general welfare of the United States. So that when a, something comes up, like, you know, a pandemic, especially a novel coronavirus that was COVID-19, and we needed to make sure that we have rules in place so that we could fight the spread so that, you know, the general welfare of the United States is protected, that they could put their rules in place. And one of the things that the federal government absolutely has uh, the ability to discuss is things like, you know, interstate commerce, planes, trains, uh, buses going across the country, uh, other things that are related to, to uh, interstate commerce, like, you know, cabs, Uber and Lyft, you know, transportation services, all transportation services. These are the things that, you know, the, the government would have the authority to put regulations on, like whether or not you should be wearing a mask on one of these public transportation uh, vehicles, planes, trains, whatever. They, they should have the authority to do so. Let's see. In the minute, CDC explained that COVID-19, this is from the ruling, spreads very easily and sustainably between people who are in close contact. This spreads, spread occurs mainly through transfer of respiratory droplets from one to another. Uh, the ma- uh, mask that CDC found prevented the spread by blocking and cell the virus, reducing inhalation of these droplets. Because COVID-19 can be spread by pre-symptomatic and asymptomatic individuals infected with it, CDC found that the masks are one of the most effective strategies available in reducing COVID-19 transmission. Uh, the mandate did not differentiate between kinds of masks based on their efficacy and blocking transmission. It simply included a footnote linking CDC guidelines for attributes of acceptable masks. Mask mandate requires a person must wear a mask while boarding, disembarking, or traveling on any conveyance into or within the United States. Mandates reach extends to aircraft, trains, road vehicles, including ride-sharing services like Ubers, vessels, and other means of transport. Also applies beyond conveyances to any transportation hub, which any airport, bus terminal, marina, seaport, other port, or subway station, terminal, train station, U.S. port of entry, other locations that provides transportation subject to the jurisdiction of the United States. Uh, the broad scope, the mandate provides exceptions to limit coverage based on the person, conveyance, or the situation. The mandate excludes children under the age of two, persons with disability who can't safely wear a mask. Uh, the exception only applies to individuals who cannot wear a mask because of a disability. That's within the scope of the ADA. Uh, second, it excludes personal non-commercial use vehicles and commercial vehicles occupied by a single person. Third, it excludes situations where, for example, a person must wear an oxygen mask or is actively eating, drinking, or taking medication or must remove masks to verify his identity, to catch his breath after feeling winded, or to communicate with someone who is hearing impaired. The Health Freedom Defense Fund, you know, i.e. a bunch of people who are full of crap, uh, said, uh, sued the challenge. Uh, they routinely travel by airplane. Deza has anxiety and is aggravated by wearing masks. Deza alleges that the government does not recognize her anxiety as the basis for medical exemption. Similarly, Pope, the other plaintiff, flew regularly before the pandemic, but has done so less since the mask mandate as the constricted breathing from wearing a mask provokes or exacerbates her panic attacks. Health Freedom Defense Fund is a nonprofit organization. I'm sure there are people who run it and make tons of money uh, because nonprofits can be abused like that, much like Oxnard down here in Louisiana, the hospital system. Uh, they oppose laws and regulations that force individuals to submit to administration of medical products, procedures, and devices against their will. 
the idea that it, it is a procedure is ridiculous or a product, it, even a device. I don't even call a mask a device. It's a piece of cloth which you're putting over your face to prevent your droplets from going out. Do, 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 do. Um, legal standards, summary judgment is a, as appropriate if there is no genuine dispute to the material. A fact is a fact is material if it could change the output of the litigation. Analysis. Uh, plaintiff's amended complaint challenges the CDC mask mandate on several grounds. It says it exceeds its statutory authority. Uh, it alleges that the mandate is statutorily authorized. Congress improperly delegated the legislative power to the CDC. I don't know how it would be improperly delegated. I mean, if it if it creates the CDC to enforce or to or to, to enact policies, then that's what it's doing. That that's Congress acting under its power to provide for the general welfare. Um. The court proceeds to discuss the, the plaintiff's remaining claims. Uh, because administrative agencies are creatures of statute, they possess only authority that Congress provided uh, in issuing the mask mandate that requires most persons to wear masks over the mouth and nose which have on a conveyance into within the United States. The director of the CDC relied on the section of the Public Health Service Act of 1944 uh, that the delegation empowers them to promulgate regulations aimed at identifying, isolating, and destroying diseases. Uh, seems reasonable. Um, other sections of the PHSA also provide the CDC with limited power to apprehend, detain, examine, or provide conditions for the release of individuals coming into a state of possession from a foreign country, blah, blah, blah. Since Congress enacted it, it has generally been limited to quarantining individuals for prohibiting the import of sale of animals known to transmit disease. It has been rarely invoked, at least until recently. Well, we haven't had this many, you know, issues because COVID, you know, has killed almost a million people now. Um Though it has been determining the meaning of a statutory provision, the court looks first to the language, giving the words the ordinary meaning. Opening sentence grants the CDC power to issue regulations that, in its judgment, are necessary to provide the spread of prevent the spread of communicable diseases. Second sentence informs the grant of authority by illustrating the kinds of measures that could be necessary: inspection, fumigation, disinfection, sanitation, test, extermination, destruction of contaminated articles, and whatever. Uh, in other words, the second sentence narrows the scope of the first. I don't think so. Uh, thus. If uh, 2064 authorized the mask mandate, the power to do so must be found in one of its actions enumerated in the second sentence? No. Um, let's see. The PHSA does not define sanitation. If it goes, the term goes undefined in the statute, of course, give it the original meaning, fine. Um, put simply, the sanitation used in PHSA could have referred to active measures to cleanse something, while other letter definition would appear to cover the mask mandate, the former definition would preclude it. Uh, I mean, words can have multiple valid meanings. Court must determine which two senses of the reading is the best of the statute. Uh, explaining that one word may take multiple meanings and choosing between them to find definition depends on context. Uh, to aid the statutory interpretation, dictionaries provide only a helpful starting point. So we're not using legal textbooks, we're just using regular old dictionaries. Probably I'm sure that she was provided a, a dictionary from, you know, one that would confirm her, you know, biases. So she starts talking about how sanitation is limited to cleaning measures, yada, yada, yada. Uh, scrolling down some more. Sanitation is limited to property, blah, blah, blah. We're going to scroll down to the bottom. Conclusion, it is indisputable that the public has a strong interest in combating the spread of COVID-19. In pursuit of that end, the CDC issued the mass mandate, but the mass mandate exceeded the CDC's statutory authority, improperly invoked the good cause exception to notice and comment 
rulemaking and failed to adequately explain its decisions because our system does not permit agencies to act unlawfully. Even, this, even in pursuit of desirable ends, the court declares unlawful and vacates the mask mandate. Uh, following this order, plaintiff's motion for summary judgment granted uh, and on one, two, and three. Uh, declares unlawful and vacates the mask mandate, remanding it to CDC for further pr- proceedings consistent with this order. But the court directs the court to terminate President Joseph R. Biden Jr. as a defendant in this action to enter the final judgment in favor of the plaintiffs as prescribed in this order to close the case ordered in Tampa, Florida on April 18, 2022. So this is two days ago when this took place. And of course, now you can fly in an airplane. You don't have to wear a mask. So what happens now? Um, well, there was some question as to whether or not the CDC was going to push for an appeal or push not for an appeal. And the CDC was also going to be talking about this, you know, whether or not it was going to be dropping it in like two, three weeks anyway. There was a possibility where it might be dropped from two, three weeks. But, and this lawsuit, I think, has been going on for a year. But it's going on for a year and only available to only have to deal with two, three weeks more. Maybe a little ridiculous. But here, here's the thing. Um, we have a situation where you have somebody who is a not experienced jurist who does not have the requisite requirements according to the ABA to sit on the bench, issuing a ruling that normally normally a district court ruling would only affect the district, and you would have to have a, a nationwide uh, rule, nationwide, uh, like a Supreme Court thing, have it affect, be, be precedent everywhere. But for some reason, it's vacated nationwide now. Um, but he, here's the problem is that people say there was initially some, some thought that the administration would not be looking to get a stay and or to appeal the decision. Now, the stay, uh, if the CDC was going to go back, you know, the stay might make things confusing, but they might want to have a higher court and appeals court issue to stay anyway, regardless. But here's the other thing, and here's, here's the more important thing, is that even if the CDC was going to be like, you know, we were going to change our mind in three weeks anyway, so let's not, we don't, we're not worried about it in, in the grand scheme of things when it comes to this particular mandate. What I would say is that it's important to challenge this ruling because it's a bad ruling. Because a judge is basically, a, judge, a district judge in Florida is throwing out a, a, something nationwide, kind of usurping power, A, and B, this district judge is you know, denying the CDC the authority that Congress has granted it. And Congress should have the authority to grant the CDC the powers in order to make sure that we, the people, that the people who are in in the United States of America are able to be protected from disease by making sure that disease does not spread. And you know what? If you don't want to fly in an air, if you don't feel comfortable flying in an airplane with a mask, Maybe you could drive. I mean, we drove places. You can drive long distances. It's possible. Now, is that inconvenient to you? Maybe. But you know what? So is getting COVID. You can can deal with having to drive a longer distance. It's harder to deal with death. Over a million people have died. Almost a million people have died because of COVID-19. So this ruling is absolutely ridiculous. Anyway. Let's go ahead and take our second oh, – wait, or, but, you know. It's you know, Trump, it's science. It's Trump's appointee, so maybe she, she followed him. Maybe she also believes in the uh, inject disinfectant into the body and uh, the shine light into the body, uh, you know, 
say, medical opinions or theories that are put uh, put forth by our former president, Donald John Trump. Anyway, let's go ahead and take the next commercial break. Come back, take your calls as well. Uh, 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will. <laughs> Catch you on the tunes. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yada is an FDIC-insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit, you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot liberaldan.com. Using gerrymandering, voter suppression, and other nefarious tactics, the Republican Party has manipulated our electoral system to maintain as much control as possible despite being a party in the minority. Liberal Dan Radio seeks to change that, and I need your help in doing so. Liberal Dan Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big money donors. When you go to StopTheCoup.LiberalDan.com and make your contribution, it will encourage other voters to reach out to their legislators to pass legislation to stop gerrymandering and voter suppression and target elected officials who refuse to protect the vote. Every eligible voter should be able to cast a ballot, and that ballot should have the same power as everyone else. I can't do this alone. I need your help. So please go to StopTheCoup.LiberalDan.com and make your contribution today. That's StopTheCoup.LiberalDan.com. StopTheCoup.LiberalDan.com. Political advertising paid for by Levelfield. Contributions are not tax deductible as charitable contributions. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left. That's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana, to join the conversation. Terry code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. Again, you can join us in the blog. I haven't actually had the chat room open today, so there, there might have been people chatting, and I might not even know about it because uh, they haven't, you know, haven't had the chat room open like I normally do, but... No one's chatting in the YouTube channel either, so uh, you can chat at the blog, talkradio.com slash liberalband, or uh, youtube.com slash liberalbandradio. Go to the uh, 
go to the live stream that's going on right now if you're listening live, and you can leave your comments, questions there as well. Um, and if you're listening after live broadcast, you go to leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on the show thread at liberalband.com, facebook.com slash liberalband, or at liberalbandradio on Twitter. Um, so before we really just start talking about the whole thing about marijuana, whether or not marijuana should be legalized, we do have uh, other products that are cannabinoids, I should say, uh, that are legal uh, in this country. And one of them I've, I've actually started to use myself. Um, and it is a uh, intraoral spray uh, that has the uh, highest absorption of nutrition or components and now cannabinoids. Um, it's less than, I guess, what would be needed uh, to to whatchamacallit, uh, it, it can't be, because it's not marijuana in and of itself, but, you know, it's, it's by being a whole flower liquid instead of a CBD oil, uh, it's supposedly better ingested into your body, uh, and it's uh, supposed to help you with whatever the, the cannabinoids, the CBD oil would normally help you with. Um, I can't, I'm not speaking any health claims, I'm making, you know, if, if you, you should talk to your doctor if you have any questions about what you think a whole flower hemp fluid might do for you. Um, but if you're interested, um, the preferred price, if you join, uh, if, if you, uh, for this product, is about a dollar and eight cents a dose, which from what I understand is fairly good. Uh, so if you are interested in, uh, and give it, send me, shoot me an email, liberaldayandradio at gmail.com, um, put CBD in the chat, and you can, uh, you can find out some inform- more information about, about how you can get set up uh, with purchasing this product at a price that I think is cheaper, and I feel that it's been doing me good. Again, it's only me. I can't speak for what happens to you, um, but I feel that it's, it's, it's giving me the desired results, uh, and that's a good thing. So, and again, liberaldanradio at gmail.com. Just put CBD in the subject line. I'd be more than happy to talk to you about this product and making sure that you can get it and see if you agree as well. And there's, you know, if, if, if you don't like it after a month or two, you don't, fine. Just let it go at that point. But if it's if it works and it's more affordable than what you might normally pay for these products, which from my research it seems like it is, um, why not take advantage of it? It's uh, something that could be good for you and might help me as well. Um, because again, I'm selling it. I, if I'm, if I get to make a little bit of money off of whenever you buy it. So you know. I should have a Trump. It's called economics instead of it's called science, but there is the basic. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. I did. I didn't play the words of redneck. It was, let's play words of redneck wisdom first, and then we'll go ahead and talk about the marijuana laws. And now, words of redneck wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. And I said this before. Everybody needs to call the White House and let them know, let them know about things because it, Abbott is telling him uh, shipping them back to Mexico. He said, that's just publicity stunt. You know, I, I've seen the gaps that they're coming through, and it's not going to take you to you plug all that, but nobody, nobody seems to have the will to do it. So we're going to. We're gonna re- we're gonna reap what we sow, and that's just all there is to it. 
and nobody cares. You know? how, how big of a how big of a danger do you think this is, Leon? It's a the magnitude of it is going to be untold. That's just all there is to it, because yeah. you're letting people in who are ignorant, who won't assimilate, and they do no welfare. And, uh, and, and some of them do know to get jobs out of the table. And I said this before, uh, everybody needs to call their Congress people and, t- and tell them, look, or, the, or their attorney generals, generals and say, look, we want this stop. We want the remittance stops, the way it's in the money back. We want, the, and we want something done about it. And the business people, a lot of these people, I told you this before, they need to go to jail if you find out that you hired an illegal alien, lose their businesses, and have to pay back whatever they, they pay the illegal aliens they're, uh, to the state. And this concludes Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Anyway, so I told you this before, James. I, I told you this. Now, I, I have a half partial agreement with what he said on one of the things, uh, which is that people who see people who are paying the those folks who are undocumented workers usually pay them less than the prevailing minimum wage. I believe that every employer who refuses to pay their employer employees the prevailing minimum wage a legal wage or illegally pay somebody by you know you know we've talked about that before a little bit on the program where if you if you uh if you steal 100 bucks from your employer it's crime and you go to jail if your employer steals 100 bucks from you by not paying you properly they don't go to jail so if, if you're underpaying uh, the the set upon price that you should be paying for the wages or you're paying just people under the prevailing minimum wage, then yeah, maybe you should go to jail. And, and that's probably going to get some people who are hiring undocumented workers. Everything else, well, it was just, just pure words of redneck wisdom at that point. I mean, he, I told you, Jeff, I told you. Um, yeah. That, I mean, a lot of what a lot of these conservatives do are just lip service to, to, to do a little dance and make it look like they're doing something. Um, but it's gotten to the point now where they have to start doing real cruel things that are just talking cruel. They have to be cruel. Um, and, you know, Elvis says, don't be cruel. So regardless of the hearts true or not or whatever, <laughs> but anyway, so there you go. There you have another one of the interesting, I, I've had Leon's calls, I think on before because Leon from South Carolina gives us some good information or at least some good words of redneck wisdom that we talk about on the show and mock and whatever. So, a few minutes left in the show, so let's, let's talk about, um, from the Pew Research Center, six facts about America's marijuana. About nine in ten Americans favored legalization of marijuana in some way, uh, 60% uh, for, medic- for medical and recreational use, 31% for medical use only, uh, 1% refused to, refused to participate, uh, only 8% said that marijuana should not be legal, period. But you have a clear supermajority, a filibuster-proof majority, if you will, of individuals who believe that marijuana should be legal for both medicinal 
and recreational purposes. Public support for marijuana, marijuana, smoke your marijuana, time to celebrate Hanukkah. Public support for marijuana legalization differs widely by age and party, which is not a surprise. Um, Majorities across age groups except 75 and older say marijuana should be legal for medicinal and recreational purposes. Um, Of course, uh, if you're conservative, it's like 39%, only 39% say legal for medicinal and recreational, 45% say legal only for medicinal use, 15% not be legal. Um, Democrats and Democratic-leaning independents are more likely than Republicans and GOP leaders to support the legalization of marijuana for all purposes, 72% versus 47%. There's been a dramatic increase in public support for marijuana legalization in the last two decades. Um, it, it's, it went from 84, 1969, 84% said marijuana should not be legal, 12% said it should. It went from to 67 to 32 Supporters and opponents of marijuana, marijuana, I keep saying marijuana, have Adam Sandler on the brain. Supporters and opponents of marijuana legalization cite different reasons for their views. Uh, fewer than half of U.S. adults uh, say that they've never used, say that they have ever used marijuana. <clears throat> 17 states in the District of Columbia have legalized small amounts of marijuana for adult recreational use as of April 2021. Um, think in New Orleans specifically, uh, they won't arrest you if you have an amount for personal personal use. So there's that. But there, the thing is, like, that's all well and good. All, of, all that information is, shows that marijuana usage has become, at least the legalization of marijuana usage has become more popular as we've progressed in this country. Um, but is that even the point? You know, what, what government... What, what role does government have to play? I mean, yes, government, federal government has the right to, to you know, control interstate commerce, and they've used that to to prevent marijuana, you know, sales or make keep it marijuana Schedule One drug, even if the marijuana was grown and sold and consumed in the state that it was grown or all in the same state. Um, but some of the other things about America today, however, 106 America. Let's see, what is it? When I get this larger, so I can read it better. 106 million Americans admit having tried marijuana. More than 17.4 million have used it in the past month. About 750,000 people are arrested every year for marijuana offenses in the U.S. Um, Alan J. Budney, Center for Addiction and Research, University of Arkansas for Medical Science Research, says only about 90% of marijuana users became clinically dependent at some point compared to 15% of cocaine and 24% of heroin. A poll of Eastfield students, faculty and staff show 57% favor legalizing marijuana. Uh, according to the U.S. government substance abuse medical health data archive, SAMDA, more than three-fourths of all marijuana-consuming adults are white, while only two-fifths are Hispanic or African-American. According to the budgetary impact of ending drug prohibition, uh, a drug legalization would reduce government expenditure by about $41.3 billion annually. So, and not only are you, would you, not only would you do expenditure on going after marijuana, but you would also collect tax revenue. I mean, you have to spend some regulating it. Uh, the legal marijuana industry is worth $1.353 billion. Um, 
And then Colorado, in and of itself, collects annual taxes of $98 million because of legal marijuana sales. In states like Colorado, where marijuana has been legalized, the potential for profits from collected taxes is astronomical. Similar numbers have been reported from other states like Washington. So, so it's not just the fact that you're going to now cut almost all of that enforcement budget that you no longer have to spend going after marijuana. You, you then swing the other way, and you're able to collect tax revenue because now you've right, not, not just regulated it, but taxed it as well. You've been able to help fund things. Now, of course, you should take, you should, you know, put a, a reasonable amount of distrust towards how government spends money, sure. Um, again, $10.7 billion spent on prohibition. Marijuana market is worth over $36 billion. Uh, $7 billion is the estimated gain from cannabis coffee shops, natural med pot products, and industrial hemp products if marijuana was not banned. Uh, 48% of prisoners are nonviolent drug offenders. So imagine how much money you would save because not only should you decriminalize it, not only should you legalize marijuana and allow people to sell it, you should then also expunge records, just clear the records, and perhaps even give reparations to people who were arrested for simple, simply possessing marijuana and not, not you know, taking part in other dangerous activities like, you know, violent activities that, you know, where the marijuana was the secondary part. You know, there are some people, who I'm sure, who have marijuana, marijuana possession convictions that also did other things as part of the criminal act of either selling, transporting, or whatever, the marijuana. Um, and and you, shouldn't just, you shouldn't get rid of everything because they had some marijuana attached to it. If they were violent, keep them in jail for the violence, but remove all of the marijuana stuff from it and maybe re- remove those uh, extenuating circumstances. But everybody in jail or in prison for smoking a joint being found with a joint or a small baggie on their person, yeah, they should be have their records expunged, and perhaps even you should be uh, recompensated. Perhaps compensate them from the funds, all the tax dollars that you're going to make from the new sales of marijuana. Maybe have them be able to invest or, or, or take, have a little ownerships in these companies and make their money back that way instead of allowing you know privileged white folks to earn money from marijuana whilst other people rot in jail who are convicted of marijuana. 32% of possession arrests are black males. Shocking, we know. Um, even though black males do not make up 32% of the population. Uh, 58% of Americans are in favor of legalization. When the other thinks it's 60, fine. You know, it's two different polls, whatever. Uh, benefits, uh, depression, anxiety, obsession, glaucoma, seizures, uh, reduced rates of suicide, Alzheimer's, OCD, ADD, ADHD, uh, deaths per year by substance, uh, alcohol is legal kills 39,701 people a year. Tobacco is legal, kills 443,000 people per year. Marijuana is legal. It hasn't killed nobody. Marijuana does not kill you, especially if you can do things like ingest it by, like, you know, eating a pot brownie or or a pot gummy or a sucker or lollipop or whatever. Um, But until it's legal in your state, I'll again say, email me, liberaldanradio at gmail.com, and we can talk about, you know, the, the CBD oil, and CBD type products can also give you the same type of relief. Maybe not as strong, but it can also give you the same type of relief. Um, potentially, and that's what people say. I felt I haven't compared the two because I'm not smoking marijuana um, at the moment. I, I don't, uh, but that doesn't mean that I don't feel that other people should. 
not be able to do so because I don't judge what other people should be able to do based off of what I do, unlike Republicans. <laughs> but again, if you're interested in, in finding out some more information about uh, getting a dollar and eight cent per dose uh, spray of CBD whole flower fluid, email me liberaldayradio@gmail.com, and I'll be more than happy to give you more information about that. Anyway, so we are going to call this the end of this week's episode of Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, left, that, right. That's right. Uh, we are going to be back on the air Thursday, April 28th at 8 p.m. Central. Blogtalkradio.com slash Liberal Dan or here at, on YouTube at Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube. Again, next Thursday, not next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central. Blogtalkradio.com slash Liberal Dan. Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter. We will have on our show... Hal Sparks for the third time, friend of the show, Hal Sparks. I'm looking forward to that greatly. Um, otherwise, make sure to follow me, Facebook, Twitter, Facebook.com, Liberal Dan, Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter, Liberal Dan Radio on TikTok, and you go support the show, Patreon.com, Liberal Dan. Shouts out to Andy, Deminox, to Chris, Cesar, all the Liberal Dan Radio patrons, and to my little brother, the host of the Timothy that's the first podcast. Until next week, this is Dan Radio. That's right. Bring the boys just out of the chat. I'm going to go down.